No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Everyone likes a good love story. Today we look at one of the greatest love stories in all of Scripture. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 24, right here on Simply the Bible. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, Please put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. Abraham was 140 years old, and Isaac was 40. In chapter 15, Abraham said that his chief servant was Eliezer. But that was over 50 years ago. Was Eliezer still alive? We don't know. He's unnamed in this chapter. When they took an oath in that culture, they didn't raise their right hand as we do and put their left hand on the Bible. The Bible hadn't even been written yet. Instead, they placed their hand under the thigh as they said the oath. Abraham was serious about this. He made his servant swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that he would not take a wife for Isaac from among the Canaanites, but that he would go back to Abraham's home country and family to find a bride for his son. There is good reason not to give our son or daughter to marry an unbeliever and not to choose to marry an unbeliever ourselves. The scripture warns us not to be unequally yoked, a believer joined with an unbeliever. Many miserable marriages and divorces and faithless children exist today because people have ignored this essential commandment of God. Verse 5, And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? The servant had good reason to question the feasibility of this arrangement. It meant traveling 500 miles and persuading a woman to leave everything she knew to go back with a perfect stranger and marry a man she had never seen or met. This seemed like mission impossible. It would have been much easier to take Isaac there. At least the woman would know who she's marrying. But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there, the Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying to your descendants, I give this land. He will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. God called Abraham and his descendants to dwell in Canaan, for he promised to give them all the land. Abraham was afraid that if Isaac went back to Mesopotamia, that he would never return. 
Abraham had good reason to believe in the mission's success because the Lord had told him that in Isaac his seed would be called. Isaac and his descendants would inherit all God's promises made to Abraham. Since Isaac would clearly need a wife and God wouldn't want him to be unequally yoked with a Canaanite, then the only reasonable option would be to find a wife for Isaac from Abraham's family. Abraham believed that God would send his angel before the servant to give him success. And probably he'd been praying for this very thing. But if the woman wasn't willing to come, then the servant would be released from the oath. I believe in taking ventures of faith, even bold ventures of faith, based upon the word of God. God gives us general principles in his word. And as we act on these by faith, then he reveals the specifics. Abraham believed that this was a good plan and that God would bless it. But if it didn't go the way Abraham thought, then he knew the Lord had another plan. And that's just a good way to live. Verse 10, Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor, and he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. Why did the servant take ten camels? Two possible reasons. First, it demonstrated that Isaac was truly wealthy. The camels were carrying all his master's goods. That would help in persuading a young woman to come back with him. Second, Ten camels probably meant at least ten men. There would be safety in numbers as they traveled the distance. When they arrived in Nahor, the servant had the camels kneel by the well outside the city. He knew that the women would be coming in the evening to draw water. Verse 12, Then he said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink, and she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. We find out later that the servant was just saying this prayer in his heart. He didn't want to draw attention to himself. It was a private prayer. The servant laid out conditions before the Lord so that he would know which woman the Lord had appointed for Isaac. He was looking for a woman who would be hospitable and also have a servant's heart. He didn't want a selfish and rude woman for his master's son. He was asking for a sign by which he could know which was the right one. This story beautifully illustrates that God cares about whom we marry. Not only should a believer marry another believer, but if we are walking with God, then he will bring that person to us. The problem is that Relatively few people really trust in the Lord in this way and wait upon him for his best. I can tell you from personal experience, 
that this is how God worked in our lives. I was working on staff at a church in California. One day, this young woman came to our office who was leaving Jehovah's Witnesses. She came to the one place she knew that they wouldn't come. Cindy, as I was told her name, started coming to our midweek Bible study. And I introduced myself to her. I felt that she would need a friend. Over the next few months, we grew much closer. And I felt like she was the one for me to marry. But I thought it would be a good idea for me to seek the counsel of my pastor. And he advised me to slow it down and pray that if it was God's will, that he would bring us closer together. And if not, that he would separate us. So I shared this with Cindy and she was concerned because she loved me as I loved her. But she agreed to pray this prayer along with me. Over the next few months, God worked in our relationship, brought some things to the surface that we needed to deal with, but also confirmed to us that he had brought us together to be husband and wife. That was 33 years ago, and we are still very happily married. When we surrender our romantic lives to the Lord, he does beautiful things. Verse 15, And it happened before he had finished speaking that, Behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please, let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, Drink, my lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels. And the man, wondering at her, remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. I'm sure that the moment the servant laid his eyes on Rebecca, he was hoping that she would be the one. It is rare that the scripture describes a woman as being very beautiful. Rebecca must have been a knockout. The servant ran to her to see if she would pass the next test. For Rebecca to offer to water the camels was remarkable. After a long trek, a thirsty camel might drink as much as 40 gallons of water, and Rebecca had to draw all that water by hand. The servant kept quiet to see if God had answered his prayer. Verse 22, So it was, when the camels had finished drinking, that the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel and two bracelets for her wrists weighing ten shekels of gold, and said, Whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? Out of gratitude for Rebecca's service, and no doubt because he was thinking she might be the one, the servant gave her a golden nose ring and two bracelets. And he asked which family she was from. So she said to him, 
I am the daughter of Bethuel, Milcah's son, whom she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, we have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. Then the man bowed his head and worshiped the Lord. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of my master, Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So the young woman ran and told her mother's household these things. Think of how many things God orchestrated. Of all the wells in that part of the country, the servant happened to come to the same one that Rebekah came to. And of all the women who came to the well, Rebekah happened to be the first one that the servant met. And she happened to carry out everything he said in his prayer. And she just happened to be from Abraham's family. No wonder the servant bowed his head and worshiped the Lord. As he was on the way, the Lord led him to the right place and the right girl. Likewise, as we are walking in the way of the Lord, he will lead us to his divine appointments. Of that, we can be sure. Tomorrow, we will see the glorious end of this love story and also see how it points to another love story. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. If you'd like to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or just to find out more about the church, go by their website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. You'll also find an email address and we'd love to hear from you. Tomorrow we will conclude this great love story of Isaac and Rebecca and see how it pictures another love story closer to home. We hope you'll join us tomorrow right here on Simply the Bible.